Welcome to episode 13 of the Revolution Podcast, where I, your host Ryan, sit down with industry experts to discuss the latest trends in e-mobility, clean tech, and the future of transportation. Today I'm joined by Piotr Kashepchak, Chief Technology Officer at Evron. Since joining EVbox in 2015, Piotr co-founded Evron in 2016, an EV charging management platform that allows businesses to get started in EV charging. Whether you run charging stations or an e-mobility service, the Evron platform allows you to manage your business and EV charging with one platform. Into the episode we go. Thank you for joining the podcast, Piotr. I've been wanting to have you on for a while now. It would be great if we could start with a small introduction about yourself and also Evron. Yeah, so first of all, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Um, prior to joining Evron, I did have a chance to work at uh, big companies uh, like Siemens and Nokia. And uh, later on, I did uh, join the, the big data uh, wagon uh, in, in a couple of companies and also had a couple of small startups on the way. They did not end up being very successful, but nevertheless, it was quite, a, quite an interesting journey and topic and experience. Fantastic. And was there a prior motivation to work for a clean tech or EV charging company, or did you just fall into it? Um, to be honest, it's, it's not something that I did consider uh, from the very beginning. And, and to be honest, when, when, I, uh, when I was approached by, by people from EVbox, uh, I was not really considering changing a job. Only after you know second or third conversation, it appeared that, that the opportunity is great, it's very interesting, um, and that it has this second uh, second button, if I can put it like that, that where the the, the, the um, basically the clean tech, um, yeah, was what appeared to me to be very interesting domain to be in. I completely agree, and it is a rewarding feeling to work for a company contributing towards a healthier planet. So you joined EVbox in twenty fifteen. Would you be able to give some context about the scale of the company back then? Oh, back then we have been in a small office in uh, in Amsterdam, Eiburg, and we have uh, we have been uh, um, I think of size we had like thirty people in total. Okay. Um, yeah, and we we started working on Evron from well, I joined to, to start working on Evron uh, platform from the very beginning, and we started with five people, um, so we were a really tiny team at the time. Okay, so I'd love to delve into Evron now. With the idea of integrating software into our offering, was this an idea of your own or was this something the company was already looking to expand into? Yeah, so initially when we had, the, we had when I joined EVbox, the idea was to rebuild the software that was already there um, and then, uh, that was used to manage all the infrastructure EVbox had um, under its uh, supervision. Um, but the, the initial idea was to basically rebuild it and use it um, to be used only by EVbox. And in the course of conversations with uh, our CEO, Christoph, and, and other people, it appeared to us that <clears throat> actually having a platform that, is, that, is, that can be used by more than, than just us is something that market needs. Um, because this, we, we noticed that you know, there is a possibility of, of helping the market to develop in certain direction, to be more open, to be more transparent. Um, and that's, that's how the idea came to. That's really interesting, particularly on the point that the Everyone platform can be used by other EV charging companies too. It is quite unique for EV charging companies to cover the full scope of hardware and software. Did you identify this as a gap in the market at the time? Yeah, definitely. So, if, you know, back in the times, there was very little focus actually on the software side of things. Everyone was, uh, was thinking about building charging stations and actually having them being deployed in the field and, and um, you know, those making sure that this hardware can operate in some ways. Um, so the, the, the software game came in a bit later, even though it came very, very fast. Um, uh, yeah, so, so 
there were and there are still players in the market who focus much more on the hardware side and there is definitely a need or there are in the need um, of a platform like ours. Great. I'm looking forward to seeing where software takes us in the future, especially nowadays where many would consider software to be more important than an actual physical product. What do you think about that? That's actually an interesting, interesting statement because software is very important in the, the, the whole uh, EV charging and, of course, beyond in many domains, right? It becomes more prominent. Mm. Um, but there is this one element that we cannot forget, which is that in the end, the hardware is the, the, the end, um, end device that, that we work with. Yeah. Hence, the, the user experience also with the hardware is also of a great importance. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, indeed, the platform does, does come to be a forefront and the, the way how the, how the driver, how the people interact with the whole infrastructure. So it has a big, big role to play in, the, in this experience. Okay, so hardware and software exist together and they both need each other. Exactly. Uh, so they are very complementary. So that's what you also see from, from our, uh, our setup, right? So we are, everyone is part of the EVbox group where we, we offer and we provide the, the open source, uh, open source, the open and, um, and transparent EV charging management platform. Um, EV box on the other hand provides the, uh, the, the hardware that can also interact with multiple platforms. But if you actually combine these two together, then you get the best in class solution. Uh, yeah, relevant for multiple segments, multiple uh, use cases. Perfect. So you mentioned that when you co-founded Evron, there were just five people in the team. Where does that stand in 2021? Yeah, so we went through quite an amazing journey when it comes to growth and scale. Um, we started with Indie with five, from that we went to eight, roughly to 16. And then from 16, we went to uh, almost 100 uh, in a very short period of time. At this moment, there is around 120 people working actively on the platform itself. Um, so so uh, yeah, there was quite a scale up, quite a journey as well. And obviously for a product that relies heavily on engineering for the software side, how important was it to balance this with marketing and sales um, playing crucial roles too? Yeah, it, it's, it's very important to have inputs and uh, opinions of, of people from, from different, uh, that can look at the, the same problem from different angles. If you, don't, if you don't consider marketing, if you don't consider sales, then you can build something that, that is not really relevant for the market. Um, so it, it, is, it is crucial. Um, from the very beginning, we did interact with, uh, with our salespeople, we did the market research. We we have also a very strong product team that that, uh, that has a big uh, impact, of course, uh, via interacting with our customers. So having all of those uh, opinions and, and uh, different views on the same problem is incredibly important and helpful. Yeah, I've been really impressed with the expansion of the team. So with software now playing a pivotal role in the experience of the EV driver and business, is there any aspect of software that we haven't yet seen? Um, I think that the full potential is indeed yet to be seen. Um, it has already opened up multiple uh, uh, gates and possibilities for uh, delivering better solution to the end users. And it plays an important role by, uh, by providing uh, either integrations or seamless experience to the driver and uh, various things. But I think that there is uh, still a lot to be done and a lot to happen on, on the side of the energy management. Um, you know, man- managing how much energy is delivered to the given vehicle, given local situation or this different circumstances. Uh, but also the, the whole driver experience. Today, uh, we focus a lot on the mobile apps, how driver experiences t- through the mobile app where they can see the cost and transaction and everything. But then, uh, you know, we are also working on ISO 1508. This is a next level of, of, uh, um, of charging experience where we have a plug and charge, which is very strongly driven by the software. 
this becomes even more simpler and seamless for the end user where the mobile app is not necessarily in the picture anymore that much. Uh, but the car is just doing the, the job for the driver via the software. Um, and the data topic also is, is, uh, is a big, uh, big thing and will just become even more important with predictive maintenance, uh, analytics and data insights. Um, managing big infrastructure of, of charging stations and, and big volume of drivers is, is, um, is a challenge and uh, software will definitely play a key role of, uh, in this topic. Yeah, you've definitely touched upon a few interesting things there. So since joining EVBox in 2015, what have you seen change in the last five years? particularly from a software perspective? Oh, oh, a lot has changed, starting from the fact that there is way more vehicles available right now. And I think that, that the boom, boom is still ahead of us, uh, to yeah. be honest. Um, nevertheless, there is uh, much bigger choices, uh, much more choices right now. Um, the, the experiences people get with it is also different. The expectations when it comes to the charging infrastructure is also completely different than it was in the past. Now people do rely on it. It's no, no more a gimmick or, or a hobby to, to drive electric vehicle. It's, really, uh, it's a real thing. People do rely on, on, on infrastructure because they need to get to work, to home, to hospital, whatever it is. So the charging infrastructure becomes much more critical and uh, software uh, because of the software as well. Um, so I, I think this. The other thing is that, of course, the quality of the provider services has become important and people expect higher and higher quality um, when it comes to, to data quality, when it comes to the services uh, and, and quality of services that, that, that you provide. So, so market is maturing and these expectations are going up uh, every single day. Cool. And I actually wanted to touch upon the geographic aspect of implementing the software across different markets. Are there any challenges involved? Yeah. So we, we always try to build, um, or from the very beginning, we did try to build everyone. We want to, wanted to build everyone as a, as a generic global platform so that, that, uh, that we can offer all, all around the world. But um, it is a, a quite a difficult task because the, all the countries, they have their own local regulations. Um, and in order to be able to, to support the businesses over there uh, and do business ourselves, we, we have to comply with them. So this is definitely a challenge. Um, where you know there is lots of local players with whom you also have to compete, and and they by nature they they just have a um, they're better positioned because they are just playing this given market. They're not global, so they have to comply with less uh, less challenges and less regulations. Uh, but nevertheless, I think we succeeded so far, and then we are on a, on a good path uh, with this topic. Sounds like an exciting future. So we've discussed the development of software within the EV charging space over the last five years. Is there anything on the horizon that you're looking forward to? I think that with the volume of, of vehicles that we're going to see, the, the very interesting topic will be, uh, will be data and what, what can be done with data and how it can be used, um, of course, in, in favor of, of the, the driver experience and, uh, and the charging infrastructure, right? So, so there, there is going to be a lot happening around machine learning and potentially as well AI, but that, that's, of course, a different class of a problem. Uh, where predictive maintenance will play a big role because the amount of charging stations just grows and it will just grow even faster. Um, and, and this cannot be purely human uh, operations taking care of that. So, so this is going to be a, a definitely a big topic. The IoT uh, itself is, domain is quite interesting and I'll be curious to see how does it evolve with given the volume of the infrastructure that, that has to be supported. Um, security plays a big role. Um, you know, the more stations there is, the higher the exposure to the, to the threats. 
that are out there. And this is very important that, that we, uh, we are one step ahead and that we provide the right level of security to the products that, that we offer. Um, so I think that those are the, the three, the biggest, three biggest topics uh, that are ahead of us. It's really interesting that you mentioned those topics in particular because they're not necessarily unique to the e-mobility industry and actually our developments we'll see across technology in general. Exactly. So, so, so those topics are indeed quite common when it comes to the software platforms and software offering. What of course happens is that how do you, how do you apply them to, to, the, to our specific domain? Because there is different, different things and different dynamics in each of the domains that you can consider different segments. Um, so you have to apply them with a certain twist, let's say, let's call it like that, um, to make it efficient. But indeed, those topics are common, common topics that, that apply across different, uh, different segments, different markets, different domains. Yeah, and the topic that fascinates me the most out of those you just mentioned is data, particularly because there is a lot of negativity and controversy at the moment about the way businesses use data to their advantage. And I'm sure that this is something everyone is aware of. Of course. So we we always stay comp, comp, we always comply with GDPR and any other regulations that, that treat about data privacy and data privacy to us is very important. Uh, so we never collect data that we don't really need to use uh, or there is no, no no use for us in in a platform. And also, what is what is important is that um, everyone being a multi-tenant platform, uh, where tenant is our customer, uh, is basically usually a business. Uh, in the end, our tenants are the owners of their own data. So everyone does not own data of our customers and, 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 and down the chain, but it's really the our customers are in control. Um, so we do, do we do, you know, we, we pay a great deal of attention to, to the data privacy, but also security. Okay, so now for some quick fire questions. The first one I have is where does the name everyone come from? Um, everyone is never off. Uh, but okay. that, that was one and of course EV at the beginning was also a, the thing at the time yeah but in the end it's a cool name so when you when you go uh, when you read it out it's, it sounds sounds uh, appealing yeah I do think it's a really cool and quite mysterious name as well so for the second question everyone's primary customers are businesses but how important is it to keep into account uh, the experience of the EV driver and are they just as crucial in the process of course uh, in the end, we, we build solutions like the, our mobile applications or our portals, web portals that are meant to be used by the end users, whether it's a station owner or it is a driver. Those are the customers of our customers, right? So B2B2B or B2B2C, those are the setups that, that, we, that we go after. Um, and if those would not be done in the best possible way, then of course our customers would not be able to serve the market in the way they want. Hence, we would not have customers. So whenever we build something, we always consider all the relevant personas. We always do our user research um, and we always make sure that, uh, that we design the best possible solution so that it is appealing, but it's also very functional. So my next question is quite generic, but interesting nevertheless. If there was anything you could change, if you could turn back time, would there be anything? That's a very tough question. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if, if, if there was anything that we, that we could have done differently. Maybe a bit uh, better preparation for, the, for this rapid growth. Mm -hmm. But if we would have a chance to prepare better that, and you know, we would have time to, for preparation, this would not be probably so rapid anymore. Um, so, so 
So that's, I think that's the only thing. We, we did a lot and we did lots of things well. I'm pretty sure that things could be done. Some things could have been done differently, but I, I cannot name one at this moment. Well, I guess things have worked out pretty well. So as CTO at Evron, what does a typical day look like? Uh, these, day, these days, it's mostly uh, the same in a sense. as lots of uh, Zoom calls or Hangouts or multiple uh, video calls. Um, every day is different in a sense that there are different problems or challenges to tackle and, and different uh, things that, that, you have to, that you have to work on. Um, but in principle, it's, it's always about making sure that we, we as, a, as a company, especially from technology and product perspective, we go in the same direction. Um, that we are aligned and we're just executing to, to, the, to our utmost uh, capabilities. Okay, and we know that CTO means Chief Technology Officer, uh, but how would you define it, especially in the software setting that everyone exists in? Indeed, so, so the, the role of, the, of, a, of a CTO is to make sure that, that, there, that the strategy when it comes to product technology is clear, is coherent, and that is uh, successfully delivered. So, so this is all about voicing it out in a, in a proper way, um, uh, drawing the, this vision picture, but also making sure that everyone is aligned in the, in the execution uh, of this vision. That sounds like a really interesting and also really important role. So final question, does a good product sell itself or does it need input from marketing, sales, etc.? Yeah, I think that everyone is a great product. Um, I don't think it can sell itself. I think that uh, it, it is a rare situation where whatever happens, actually the product can sell itself. There's always a need for, for good marketing. There's always a need for, for a bit of help from the salespeople. Okay, so we finish every podcast by asking our guest if there's anything they're working on or their company's working on that we should look forward to in the future. There is a lot that, that we're working on. Um, I cannot disclose all of it. Uh, of course, that, that there's lots of good, good things that will come out. Um, there's, there's big top, there are big topics of, of course as well, like the ISO 1518 well, with plug and charge. Those are, this is one of the big topics, uh, of course, next to multitude of, of things that we are looking into. Great. Thanks for joining the podcast, Piotr. Thank you very much for having me. It was fascinating to speak to Piotr about the growth of Evron since 2016, particularly on the gap that software fills in the e-mobility industry, how software has developed over the last five years but also what new developments we're still waiting for in the future. We'll be back for another episode soon. Revolution Digital number 3 is now available to watch at revolutionconference.com.